Time to Head North podcast, brought to you by The North Group, where security is refined by intelligence. Hi, guys. How's it going? So it is time to head north, and we are sticking with North Group peeps today. Uh, We've got two of our Intel analysts, Jake and Sam on, and of course, Rocco Vince Vargas, our Hollywood actor slash BD guy slash veteran. Uh, today, we are taking on misinformation. And what's interesting, guys, is even before the Ukraine stuff happened, right, throughout my tenure as a news anchor, people would say, how, where should I go to find the right information, right, information I can trust? And now what we've seen all of us have witnessed is with the Ukraine stuff, even mainstream media is being fed misinformation at times. So even more so now than ever, people are asking, how do you get authentic information? And it's easier for us, right? Because we have Jake and Sam down there. We have our own Intel guys that, that source this information. So we know what we're getting is credible, but for the average person, I would love to talk about how the average person can take advantage of some of the resources we even use. Right. Rocco, you know, have you even asked this question at all? Well, I mean, I've noticed it so much in this current conflict that you see it, man, there's, there's veteran organizations that are creating t-shirts off of misinformation so they can donate the profits to the Ukrainian people. And then you realize later, like, Oh, like the story about the 12, um, Ukrainians who who told the Russian you know warship to to go go f themselves right like what an emotional impacting story me as someone who served in combat was like damn I don't know if I had that kind of guts and I was I was actually I'm on set and I'm and I'm reading this story and I found it from several different resources and it was emotionally kind of like a little bit draining as well as like super proud of them to be like stand up for what they believe in and then I heard recently that they didn't get killed and they were actually being being held hostage, right? They, they, they ended up surrendering. Yep. And these are just a small part of the misinformation that's happening now, partly. And so I get the, the, the technique and the tactic in wargaming, right? But for us as a viewer, someone who's completely detached from that world and doesn't really know it, they're emotionally invested in in the in the game of whatever is told to them. And even I, someone who with a lot of experience, was sucked in emotionally by it as well. And so it's definitely a new era of war. And it has been huge in influencing just political people, uh, uh, famous people, in saying, yeah, donate more to the Ukrainians, donate more to Ukrainians. Whether that's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's working in the way the Ukrainian government is wanting it to work. Guys, what do you think? I mean, how how does if someone asks you, how do I know what I'm reading or watching is true? How do you respond in everyday life? So, uh, really, <laughs> what this all comes down to it's a really broad question with a really broad answer. Um, there's a little bit of truth in everything, and there's a little bit of, you know, not so much truth in everything. So, really, I think we have to take a look at ourselves and learn how to take the meat and throw the bone away with everything you hear. You know, I mean, me personally, I cannot stand listening to CNN. I feel dumber and it's not just by watching it. It's not because of my political stance either. 
it's because it's, it's typically just clickbait. And then what you showed up to watch, it doesn't get brought up at all. And typically watching stuff like that, I only like to watch interviews and stuff with people that I'm, I'm aware of, say if Petraeus was on, I'd like to hear what he had to say. But I think the first step into finding valuable information is recognizing your own bias before you actually go out and look for said information. Because, you know, just the way that you formulate the question will determine what type of answer you're going to get. So, I mean, that that's really the biggest one just from the start here. You think I mean, people are capable of eliminating their own bias? So, uh, <laughs> identifying loved ones that I would go ahead and say no. So, so it's a little bit harder, but uh, a way to typically do it is to, whenever you're asking yourself a question online, what you need to do is you want to avoid anything that sounds opinionated in your own question. You want to look up a specific piece. You know, you want to say, what is X? What is Y? What is Z? Rather than what does this guy say about X, Y, Z? You know, so a big thing that I like to do is um, I recommend people watch C-SPAN rather than going through uh, and flipping through the channels because you'll, you'll actually be able to just watch the news as it's happening. You know, you don't have to have a journalist's take on it yeah. and you'll be able to formulate your own raw opinion. Yeah, I have some friends who work at Coffee or Die. You know, they, they're actually embedded currently and um i kind of just kind of watch them because i know them but they i know they themselves will always have uh you know and and i guess an influence on a certain direction i get and they try not to be i, I mean marty scovlin is a, is a brilliant brilliant reporter uh and writer and so i know he's trying to come from a place with no biases but um i just personally feel like when you've raised in the military and you understand the military you kind of kind of always sway a certain way slightly. And so, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. I know every reporter out there is trying to tell their version of their story. And I say it that way, like their version of it, because it, like everything, there's there's multiple different angles on it. And it's mm -hmm. mentally how we how we perceive that information. And But it's been hard because there's so much, like the Ukrainian government is doing very well of bombarding us early on. Now you've seen it die down a lot, but early on bombarding us with so much emotional content that it's super hard to dissect and see what's real and what's not. Until other people did it for me, I was able to see like, oh, that picture's old. They used it as in like if it was it was now and, and emotionally like, you're like, dang, man. And it made me want to go like, let's go to war, right? Let's fight, you know? And yeah, and, and, you know, and, and it's hard to understand. Like, I can't even say because I'm sure you guys, as intel analysts, and, and and on the other side of like the research, still have problems dissecting what is fact. Is that that correct? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I think part of what that comes down to is if people want to really find the most pure information they can, they need to learn how to validate their sources. Yeah, and you know that's something that intelligence analysts do every day. I mean, you can't just take information, you have to validate it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like a good example of this is, um, you know, if you're looking to find key information, you're probably not going to go to a .ru or a Russian website to find it right now. 
Right. You know, you're not going to go to TV's Vesda or TAS. You're going to look elsewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that same just just on the coffee or die thing again. And, and I just really do like how they have embedded people there and trying to get that story. You see the Russian side of people saying, hey, there's two sides of the story. There's two sides of the story. And they're replying like, well, we can't get to the Russian side to tell that story. So we don't know how to tell that story. We don't know what the truth is there because they're not allowing us to be in there. And I imagine if we were able to embed in there, you'd have a different side of the story that no one's getting right now. And purposely, I believe Russia is doing that on purpose to not give the other side. Don't know what that truth is and why. Sam, do you have any any ideas? Well, yeah, um, because the, pro- the problem with getting the facts is that there's no such thing as a completely accurate account of any event ever in history, right? It's always from the perspective of the writer or from the perspective of if it was recorded from the video it was taken, uh, it was taken on. Um, and so the, the goal with studying uh, news or history is not to get to the absolute truth because we can't, we can't reach that. But what we have to do is we have to try to form the narrative that is closest aligned to the truth. Um, And so different narratives are more or less close to what actually happened. None is the exact representation. And so when you get different perspectives, both can be true and both can come from different perspectives. So that's another thing to consider is that um, when people are writing from different perspectives, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have bad intent it means that they see things differently and that you should, you should listen for that as well. Um, This was one of my favorite things to discuss, right? Because you're supposed to be non-editorial, completely unbiased as a news person. And I can come from the media perspective. And I would always tell people that is absolutely impossible because you cannot comment something. It's like the game of telephone, right? You can all see the same thing, But by the time it reaches your fifth friend, depending on who the original storyteller was, that story is going to be completely different. And the whale was was 50 feet. Right. Right. And a lot of the times, you know, just so you understand what it's like in these newsrooms and news situations. A lot of these people, you know, I don't think there's bad intent, like Jake said. I think it is you are as good as what you have in your hand, informational wise. And there are such strict deadlines in the news business that unfortunately, sometimes, uh, you know, news managers will rush to get information on the air and there's not that time to vet fact check in a thorough way. You can kind of half ass it, but you're not doing it to the extent you should be, especially with the invention of social media. It's a constant rush to see who can get it up first, right? And so you're ripping and grabbing information on feeds and national sources that are just feeding every newsroom. And I don't think I had the aha moment until I was in a newsroom in Virginia and the story that came down on the feed surrounding a 15 second soundbite from a reporter um, didn't seem right to me. I thought that doesn't sound like something a president would say in that context. Um, and it was years and years ago, um, just to be clear, <laughs> before it became a free for all. And so and so I went back and got my hands on the actual transcript of the press conference. And it was 
absolutely mind-blowing to me reading the actual transcript of what transpired and how one reporter had taken a 15-second soundbite and created a completely different narrative with it. And that was my aha moment. I never just ripped and grabbed again um, because, you know, you're told those are trustworthy sources, right? They're, they're feeds that come into your newsroom from national level uh, reporters and journalists. And again, it just goes back to that inherent personal bias that you sometimes, unfortunately, people can't separate. And when they write it from their perspective, it's just skewed yeah. and sometimes completely inaccurate. Well, let me ask this, Tosh, if you don't mind, guys, real quick is is I've seen videos of 20, 30 different news anchors saying the exact same thing verbatim. How common is that for someone to put it on your desk? Hey, report this. Here you go. And because of time constraints, because of the job, because of your position, because of all the different reasons you go, okay, cool. Put on teleprompter. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, it's very common. Because yeah. every station that's part of a conglomerate media ownership group gets stuff off of a server that is fed down. Mm -hmm. So you all get the exact options for sound bites and someone writes the script at the national level. And if you have a producer that just rips and grabs, they're going to rip the script. They're going to tweak it a little bit, but it's going to be almost verbatim. And that's why you see market, that's why you see stations across the country in different markets verbatim saying the same thing because they're all getting it from one source. So again, when you're a little bit wiser to the game, I learned really quickly that when you're the news anchor, it doesn't matter if you wrote it because it's coming out of your mouth. So you better damn sure make sure that what you're reading <laughs> is not editorial or accurate. But you have to be invested to take that stance. So I'm not giving myself a pat on the back. I think there are genuinely circumstances where a news anchor does not have time to do that. So they're trusting that the information in hand is correct and has been adapted, right? But that's not always the case. And I certainly am not anti-media or throwing people under the bus. This is the reality of the time constraints of the industry. Uh, and every, every it doesn't excuse it. Yeah. But if anyone would just if, if everyone could just take a few more seconds to even switch up the script a little bit and take out, you know, I used to with young producers, they would put like one word in and one word in a sentence, an adjective can change the entire con like the, the context of the sentence. And I would say, listen to how different this sentence is without your adjective in it. And they would go, oh. Yeah, it totally changes the meaning of the sentence. And that was the thing that I always harped on interns about is you have to take out anything descriptive that could come across editorial because you're changing the entire narrative of the story. So, but I mean, again, I mean, you have to have invested people. Yeah, I mean, that's Jake and Sam, question for you guys is how different is the Ukrainian media currently compared to ours. I know we have, you know, multiple different companies, kind of organizations from the top down. Most of them are connected in some ways, but, you know, we have probably about five pillars of different kind of news source areas, probably more, but everyone's kind of connected in a sense. How different is the Ukrainian version of their media? And is it all kind of focalized at one point and they're, they're pushing it out like one guy controls the messaging essentially or something? I, I'm, I'm curious if there's a big difference. I'm not sure if it's one one person in charge of all of that. 
Um, I will say this. Uh, the Ukrainian president, his past was as a television producer. Um, so he understands this very well. And the, the sort of media they're pushing out is telling a story. And that story has worked very, very well for Ukraine in, a, in getting um, Western assistance. Um, that, hey, if you assist us, it won't be a waste. Um, and that we're using it well. Um, there's no corruption. It's not going to any criminal elements um, and stuff like that. Um, and so that has that has worked wonders for the Ukrainian military in terms of receiving aid. Um, the other thing is that um, the the I'll take the examples of the the casualty numbers released by um, Ukrainian media. Um, I think today's casualty estimates was that they had um, inflicted 12,000 um, casualties on the Russians. The Pentagon's estimate as of today was uh, four to 6,000. Um, they, they, they definitely are pushing a narrative there, and, and, and it's a concerted effort to do so. So I think in terms of Ukraine, that's, that's what I'm comfortable saying about it. Yeah, that's very interesting that you know, obviously if they embellish the numbers, they look like they're doing better than they are. More people are feeling like let's go support them. It also probably does an adverse effect where Russia's getting pissed off because they're not getting the information. But at the same time, you're hurting the hearts and minds of Russian people who, who are just questioning whether it's a good or bad idea. And, you know, if you say a number like 12,000 in the short time. That's a heartbreaker for the country, right? And so using numbers like that, embellishing that. And, and those are things that even the, probably the Russian uh, country is looking at what is the information that's out there and hearing it. And that's why you have, you know, this, this push of just telling misinformation. It's wild, man, because I would think that Russia would jump on board with it as well. But, you know, it's it's almost two wars happening at once. You know, it's the war on the ground. It's the war on the media. And, and the media, to me, is winning this currently. You come from emotion. Yeah. You appeal to people. You win the media battle. Uh, let me ask this: You know why? Why would we avoid fact checkers? If it's fact checking, you would think that's the way to to listen, right? Those are the the social media answers. The the some kind of governing bodies telling us this is right and wrong. Why should we avoid fact checkers? At the end of the day, everybody gets a paycheck and it really depends on where that paycheck's coming from. So, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many fact checkers that I've debunked myself just for something ridiculous. My wife sees something on TikTok. She instantly believes it. And like, there's no way that's true. <laughs> you, go, you go to the fact checker. They're like, sure enough, it's true. And then I go through and I do my thing. You're and I find everything that just completely dismantles the whole entire argument. You're you're telling me the face cream on TikTok does not work because I look like a victim to that. <laughs> yeah, well, that photo, Vince, that wasn't even a good Photoshop. So if you felt like that, man. My wife was like, oh, it's only 20 bucks. What's it hurt? I'm like, are you kidding me? There's <laughs> <laughs> my bank account. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, Jake, uh, so let's talk about this. So if people can't trust fact, checker, fact checkers, again, kind of the, the point of this call is where do you go? Where do you go online? What do you tell people? Where do you go online to get authentic information on what's happening in Ukraine? So the short answer is everywhere and nowhere. 
but a lot of help, Jay. That's a lot of help. <laughs> it's really more of a it's more of a process than just going to one place specifically. So, you know, like there's a couple of big tips. You know, check the domain name. Make sure that it's from a reputable source, like uh, .edu, .gov, some .org. You don't you want to avoid .dot anything else <laughs> if you can. And then um, take a look at the source, you know, see who owns that source, you know, who's paying their bills. You know, I mean, same thing. I mean, like take Fox News and CNN, for example, one caters to the right side, one caters to the left side. And you see that blaring, you know, it's just blatant in the reporting, you know, they're going to cater to one side more than the other. And the biggest thing is search for additional information that backs up what you already found. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't just take everything you know, at face value, I mean, right. go digging. Like, if you really want to know, go look for it. See if anything legitimizes what you're looking at. Yeah, we, we live in the era of immediate gratification and people take the first, sometimes don't even read the actual document. They just take the headlines. The title, and say, yeah. No way, this is happening. And those are the issues that start this misinformation train, right? And at the same time, I want to make sure everyone remembers, like, just because it's GOV government doesn't necessarily mean it's a fact either. Very yep. interesting things happen during the COVID time of reporting numbers and why they why they withheld information. So from me, from my perspective, as somebody in the game, somebody who's been doing this for a long time, I genuinely read four or five different. I take the time to read those resources and I pull what I think, like you know, the general consensus of all of these from the left, from the right, from this, from that is this, and I also still hold that like. You know, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong, and that's the hardest thing because they're like you guys said, you're in your line of work is like there is a chance it's still not a hundred percent fact, right? It's a perspective of the fact. Yeah, I think um, a good example to use would probably be uh, Google reviews. You know, let's say you're looking at a restaurant, you know, you're trying to check out the reviews, like it's got five stars on Google. But um, the first thing I do every time, or not even a restaurant, let's say a hotel, because that's more realistic for me. So the first thing I do is I look at the negative reviews first, and I see what those negative reviews are complaining about, right? And like, you got to, because I mean, like, and that comes back to the misinformation, because I mean, it says five stars. And this, this is a real example of something that happened to us. My wife and I were driving back home from Michigan, and we were going through the Ozarks. And this is the one time I let her choose a hotel, because I was driving, right? Throw her under the bus, Jake, throw her under the bus. <laughs> hey, I give her crap for this all the time. But um, it was this, uh, it looked really nice from the pictures, you know, at face value. But she didn't read any of the view, reviews. She just saw the stars and she was like, oh, OK, cool. And it's affordable. We'll stop here. And on our way there, we're probably 10 minutes out. I pull out my phone and I start checking this place out. And I asked her, Emma, did you look at any of these reviews? And she said, yeah, there's five stars. <laughs> and um, going through the reviews and I'm seeing uh, everybody's complaining about blood stains on the sheets. Oh my cockroaches. Oh my I mean, we show up and <laughs> it's one, it's in the middle of nowhere. And like, there was a jacuzzi in our room and it didn't work. And there was like, there I don't was think blood. anyone's in that jacuzzi. No, I didn't. And then um, another big one was bed bugs that they were talking about. So oh we, ended up, we ended up ripping the sheets apart, looking for anything we could find. 
I would have slept in the car. Yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, and in that case, you know, like you got to look for other things that back up what you found. And in that case, she saw that it was a five-star hotel and she didn't go looking for anything that validates that. Yeah. And with me, I am very particular about where I lay my head at night. <laughs> and yeah. she learned really fast that day. You know, look on both sides. Look at the good and the bad. What are the bad people complaining about? Because in the example of a hotel, if people are just complaining about the breakfast food and that, it, you know, they stop serving it five minutes earlier. And like, that's the place I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just a kind of another weird example of kind of looking at both ends. Yeah, And then um, the example of a hotel of the sort of Google or Yelp review uh, sort of, I think raises an important point, which is that um, Jake and his wife both looked at the same source and they came to two different conclusions, right? All, yes. all the information was present for both of them from the same spot, um, which, which is why that's how we really evaluate a source is not who's it from. It's who is this for? Um, what assumptions does the author make about the audience and what does the author not say? Um, and then we can use our brains because we're adults, right? So we don't, we don't, that's why we don't use fact checkers because we don't have to depend on someone else to think for us. We're adults. Um, and so we can, as adults, we can look at it and we can say, well, I don't trust that. I do trust that. And so in that way, you might have an incomplete picture, um, but you could be perfectly well-informed just by watching CNN or just by watching Fox News um, as long as you bring the right mindset to it and you recognize the bias that's coming out, yeah. out at you. Yeah, it's almost we have so much information. The average person still hasn't learned how to dissect information as well as critical think the information. And it's very easy just to take face valued information and call it facts. And this is something that for some reason we have to, I think, I think too much information and ease of information has hit us so fast that we haven't developed the skill sets to really dissect it. And so you have misinformation easier at the fingertips because the lack of willingness. Social media. Really yeah, exactly. Social media. Exactly. And so it's, it's hurt us society as a whole, especially in the United States, of not doing that critical deep dive and really dissecting the, like going through the Yelp reviews, you know what I mean? And so we have a big issue now, and this is where the spread of uh, misinformation continues and people, people value this information as if it's like, Oh, I'm going to, they'll die on that Hill with this information. And it's scary. It's a scary time for that political stuff, whatever it is, left and right and immigration, all these things that we're struggling with uh, in society right now. It's like people are taking these small bites if you will and claiming them as facts and then they're like no i i, I can't be wrong because for me to be wrong that, that would mean i'm not intelligent enough to really like <laughs> and now you're hitting egos and so we have this big struggle right now with too much information has caused a lot of drama a lot of drama yeah. you know when you guys wake up in the morning right when i want a briefing of what's going on i go to you guys <laughs> Well, what you've what you've shared, right? But if someone wakes up and just wants to get a gut check on the situation in Ukraine, do you have a website recommendation? Yeah. Um, as far as the Ukraine situation goes, I have a couple that I like to use. Okay. 
just for just for this instance, per se in particular. So I really like Reuters. So okay. yeah, make sure Reuters you add that in the link in the in, in the link. Um, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And um, a lot of people are gonna give me some weird looks, but I really like Al Jazeera too. That's actually another really good one. Um, they actually provide updates hourly, and it's former very, colleagues that work there. Very thorough. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Al Jazeera. And whenever it's uh, whenever it's available and I, there's anything I want to watch, I go to C-SPAN. I check that out. Okay, so Reuters, Al Jazeera, and C-SPAN. Those are the right. Sam, you have any others? Uh, yes. So um, coming from a sort of uh, neoconservative military um, background, you have the Institute for the Study of War, ISW. They pr provide a... Um, I think daily um, map update, a subscription service that I that I use is Roshan Consulting. Um, they do they do daily or twice daily briefs on the ground situation in in, in Ukraine. Um, otherwise, um, there's a lot of independent journalists on Twitter um, that I follow. Um, some of them are uh, what you would call OSINT, and so that you have to. Explain you know, what that really means. Oh, yeah. open source intelligence collection. So they're sharing videos from there, and you you have to make up your mind for yourself whether those what they're can, yeah, is in those the correct context. Those can come context. with a bias, right? Those can come yes. with a little bit of a bias. So you, it, I mean, just the information alone is nice, but you, yes. yeah, you have to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but I think that's true of any of these sources. Correct. All of them come from a different perspective. Um, so I don't I don't agree with some of the the um, assessments on what Russia is going to do from some of the sources. And I, I disagree about what Ukraine is doing on some of the sources, you know, and other examples, but, but that information is still in there and I can interpret it in a different way. Nice. Um, I love that you gave specific examples because I think, you know, we're not saying don't watch your favorite news channel, watch your favorite news channel, but also maybe watch the channel you don't love. So you balance it out a little bit and then you can go to some of these sites like Al Jazeera or C-SPAN or Reuters or whatever, or the gov, you know, .gov, .edu, and, and kind of figure stuff out, all, you know, a big compilation, right? You know? Yeah. No, I like that. And, and before we even wrap this up, I, can I do something real quick with Sam and Jake? I, I'm, I'm going to tell you there's, there's five things or so from the news. I want to know in your perspective, is it? Real, I love this game. Or is it fake? I don't know. So from your, I mean, your opinions on this, the lady with the sunflower seeds pocket story. True. Or Absolutely false? true. Absolutely true. Really? It happened. So she genuinely went up to him and said that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there Who is knows? a video of it though. There is a video of it, correct? So we, is it, is it, we just can't determine whether it was current or not, or, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, or maybe it was actors. We don't. It could have potentially been an actor. It could be a number. It could be a number of different things. I mean, okay. same thing with the the Kaba, the who's the, the the flight guy, the uh, the, the, the ghost of Kiev. Yeah, oh, that's false. Yeah, false. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's definitely not. That's true. definitely false. Even though uh, yeah. I actually saw a uh, there was some post somewhere in social media, of course, saying that he died. And I'm like, oh, thank you for your service, Ghost of Kiev. He's not yet begun <laughs> to live. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't exist. What What do they call him? What was the, What was the name they were giving him? 
the go uh, the ghost of Kiev. The ghost of Kiev. So that story is false, completely debunked. Yeah. My right. mom asked me about that. I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. I mean, it would be super awesome if it was true, though. I mean, oh, that's, that's a movie. That was awesome. <laughs> that's a so, movie deal right there. Yeah. The twelve, the twelve guys on the island, that was debunked as well as false. That's false. They are still alive. They were being held hostage of some sort, correct? Yeah, they're 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 POWs in Russia. They're POWs currently in Russia. Okay, cool. What else? There was there's one other one that I've been been reading, and it's just interesting. Oh, oh, some of the pictures that they're using are from older conflicts. Am I am I correct? That's been yeah. proven. The older woman with the blood was an older image from another time, correct? It's Zelensky too, right? Yeah, yeah. Zelensky was a big one. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I think a lot of those. Images were from him um, observing during training exercises. Um, mm. Yeah, that one, Those a lot of those have definitely been debunked. So how about the professional boxers and these actors and everyone who's out there fighting this war for their country? Any of that debunked yet or is it? We yeah, don't know. I wouldn't say debunked, but I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a chance that they are doing it, but. And then last, I've seen videos of guys from Texas bought their tickets to Poland and they're crossing the border to just serve with the Ukraine. Is is that true? Have you seen some stuff like that? I've heard there, there is a Ukrainian there. foreign legion. There is now. That's true. And there are, there are, are stories of um, many former NATO um, soldiers um, who have served in there. Um in fact, the bunker next to their barracks was hit with a cruise missile either yesterday or two days ago. Um, so th there are there are foreign volunteers in Ukraine. That's very true. Yep. Wow. Well, that's it for me. That's just it's just crazy. It's just interesting. I mean, those 50 50, right? Some of those were true and a lot of those were false. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's yeah. going to show you the misinformation that's happening right now. Well, thank you, everyone, for taking the time. I, of course, being former media lovely conversation, in my opinion, very intriguing. Uh, I'm glad we can give people sources that you think are valid coming from the intelligence perspective. Um, anyone can essentially be a junior beginner level Intel analyst all on their own, right? It just takes time and knowing what to do. And so online, we'll post some, some tips from from both of our guys here, Jake and Sam. Uh, thanks for watching, Rocco. Anything? Yes, awesome. Jake, Sam, thank you so much. We'll see you guys soon. All right. See you later. Take care, guys. Thanks.